How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops. Getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We ask ourselves, is this once again another opportunity for police to target black and brown communities? I say yes. Fun fact, the curfew does not apply to those with lower tickets. Meaning, if you're economically stable to purchase lower tickets, the law does not apply to you. Welcome to WBBM In-Depth. I'm Lauren Brown. Lollapalooza, the four-day music festival, bringing more than 170 musical acts to downtown Chicago, has sparked controversy in light of Mayor Lori Lightfoot's executive order that bans unaccompanied minors from Millennium Park on weekend nights following the murder of a 16-year-old near the Bean this past May. On the first day of the fest, representatives from Good Kids Mad City and Brighton Park Neighborhood Council demonstrated outside Lollapalooza to protest Chicago's youth curfew and policies that criminalize young people. In a press conference at the demonstration, Activists demanded investments in their communities, advocated for the Peace Book Ordinance, and announced their intent to file a federal lawsuit against the city challenging the youth curfew ordinance. Kara Crutcher, attorney for Good Kids Mad City and Brighton Park Neighborhood Council, addressed the crowd. We are out here today on the first day of Lollapalooza with a lot of intention. There has been a lot moving in and around curfews for young people in the city of Chicago, and those curfews are disproportionately enforced against black and brown kids. As you can see, who is coming out here to Lala today and who is here dealing with curfew enforcement in their neighborhood. Crutcher also explained the reasoning behind their intent to file a federal lawsuit against the city of Chicago. We sent a letter to the city of Chicago addressing the citywide curfews that were put in place in the city this past May. We sent this letter because the curfew is unconstitutional on its face and it prevents the orgs that we represent, Good Kids Mad City and Bryant Park Neighborhood Council, from doing the transformative work that they've been doing in their communities. This work, including educating and advocating for proven solutions to reduce violence, such as the Peace Book, and also holding space for young black and brown kids to enjoy themselves, to socialize in a safe, healthy space. Crutcher went on to explain how Lollapalooza demonstrates who is allowed to move freely through the city without harassment and who isn't. The backdrop of Lala makes very clear who is allowed to be downtown and who is allowed to move freely through their city without harassment and who isn't. Black and brown kids are simply not allowed the same freedom and permission. There's plenty of evidence showing that these type of curfews do not reduce violence in cities, and in fact, they increase harm in neighborhoods and directly to black and brown kids, who in fact are the city's best resources when it comes to solutions to prevent violence in their communities. This, us being here today also sends the message that we need to listen to our young people. They are doing the work on the ground and they are ready to show and talk about solutions to violence in communities. Additionally, 
these type of curfews have been implemented across the country and they also have been overturned by courts over and over again because they are unconstitutional and for the very same reasons that I was just talking about. We sent this letter hoping that the city will rescind the curfew in light of these issues. We are prepared to file a federal lawsuit on this matter, though we do hope the city will meet us in negotiation and talk through solutions that do not use taxpayer dollars to support racist curfews and instead have conversations about solutions that are proven to reduce violence in these communities. According to a campaign by Good Kids Mad City, the Peace Book Ordinance provides a resource directory identifying wraparound services and job opportunities with the purpose of reducing youth incarceration. It makes suggestions for diversion programs and ways to further implement restorative justice practices inside schools, courts, and juvenile detention centers. The Peace Book itself takes the shape of a regularly published book, a website, and an app. Good Kids Mad City says this tool was created to document the inequality that contributes to intergenerational poverty and trauma as well as to propose solutions. It describes models and instructions regarding how to curate neighborhood-based peace treaties and identifies designated peacekeepers in each ward who have the experience and relationships required to conduct peace negotiation and violence interruption. Pushing back on Lightfoot's curfew, the Peace Book supports the development and implementation of youth-led, non-carceral, and non-policing initiatives for improving community safety and health. James Robinson, an 18-year-old member of Good Kids Mad City, says he supports the Peace Book and believes the city of Chicago should pass it in an effort to stop the criminalization of black youth. As a young black man, I am being tired of being stopped and criminalized by the police. They are already been stopping and frisking us, but now they got another reason to be racist against us. The city should pass the Peace Book, which actually supports and empowers black and brown youth why do they continue to invest in more police and send us to jail instead of making sure we have jobs and health and food? And a mentor within Good Kids Mad City says she's tired of seeing no changes being made. I started out like them. I'm now 34 years old. So when Blair Hope was killed in 2007, 2006, the city has not implemented anything to protect my generation. So now is the time to pass the peace book because it's old to Blair Hope, who would have been 32 years old. It's old to Starkeisha, who would have been 28 years old. Chicago have shown for over a decade, let's go back to Benjamin Wilson, 1984, that they have not implemented any strategies to protect young people in this city, especially black and brown youth. They have, they have decriminalized us. So this is old. The peace book is something that will give them an opportunity to live, to live. And I believe that we had the Peace Book back in 2006, 2005, I wouldn't be 34 years old and known 46 people to be murdered in this city. Lightfoot's executive order bans unaccompanied minors from Millennium Park on weekend nights and instills a citywide curfew of 10 p.m. for anyone under the age of 18. We wanted to speak to Lollapalooza attendees to get their opinions about the curfew. A Chicago resident says he approves the curfew time, but there should be some leeway. I'm good with that. Yeah, there's been some, it's changed over the years. You know, there's been some, you know, some crap happening as far as, uh, you know, when it gets later. So I think it's, it's fair. 
Although we're with younger kids, so we, th- we were planning on staying till 11, but I guess, I don't know. I think if you're supervised, you may be able to stay. When asked about the curfew, Lance from Hinsdale, Illinois, who is under 18 and will be affected by this curfew outside of the festival, said that safety is what matters most. A lot of people of different ages, so it's really up you know, to them because you know, I feel like you can make exceptions, but um, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm like out of here at 10 anyways, because, you know, I'm trying to hit the train, get where I'm at. So, um, you know, for other people, hope they stay safe. Lollapalooza has been held in Chicago for the past 17 years. However, the deal to keep the festival in Chicago, signed in 2012, expired last year and is now up for potential renewal. Regardless of the imposed curfew, many cite the economic benefit of the festival, especially as it brings more tourists and suburban attendees to the downtown area. Ryan Malone has only been to Lollapalooza twice, but he's happy the festival centralized in the city. I think that it's uh, one of the pinnacle concerts that Chicago has, and it brings a crowd that the other concerts really don't have. As someone who used to live here and I was coming back just for this concert, um, it's, a, it's something that we look forward to coming as a family every year. Well, this is only the second time, but it's because we moved away and we wanted a reason to come back, and this was the reason, that the whole family could find something here to go and enjoy and uh, it brings us right downtown, and it's always great weather this time. Lance hasn't been to Lala before 2022, but thinks it should stay in Chicago. You know, Chicago, it's a great place. I feel like, you know, you know, it's like, I don't understand. I mean, we should be able to come down here. You know, we, li- we don't live, you know, you know, in Chicago. But, um, yeah, it's a great place. You know, I understand, like, some people might feel like, oh, like, you know, it gets crowded, everything, stores, places, but really, it's just, you know, for a weekend. On Sunday night of Lollapalooza, Mayor Lightfoot was brought onto the main stage just before headliner Jay Hope. Hello, Chicago! Are you ready to hear Jay Hope? She announced that Lollapalooza's contract has been renewed for another 10 years. or not, Kiana DeStasi, Chief Marketing and Communications Officer for Chicago Loop Alliance, cites Lollapalooza and other summer music festivals as major drivers of economic recovery post-COVID-19 shutdown. The Loop economy really thrives on summer tourism, and major events like Lollapalooza bring millions of dollars in economic impact. And so it's not only great for economic recovery and for the businesses in the loop, but it also gives people from Chicago and outside of Chicago and from other regions an opportunity to see Chicago at its finest and hopefully visit under other wonderful attractions in the loop and throughout Chicago while they're here. So we're very excited to hear that Lollapalooza is going to be staying in the loop uh, for, for a longer period of time.
The Stasi says Lollapalooza brings a boom to the downtown area, even beyond Grant Park and Michigan Avenue. Every year, the week of Lollapalooza tracks the largest number of pedestrian impressions downtown in the loop. So it's a major economic driver for all of the businesses and industries downtown. Our colleagues in the hotel industry would say that that is, I believe, the biggest weekend in the year for for hotel and for occupancy rates. And then I would definitely say restaurants, bars, retail, shopping along State Street. I mean, it's an iconic place to shop. And even though Lollapalooza doesn't take place on State Street or as close to it as Michigan Avenue, we see a huge uptick in numbers there. So a lot of people are still on that iconic corridor, whether it's coming through for transit because the red line and the loop, you know, there's stops there, or if it's that they're coming to actually, you know, shop in the stores and eat in the restaurants. Regardless, having more people on the street, there's more business everywhere. And when asked about the curfew, the Stasi had this to say. So the Loop is everyone's neighborhood. It's a place where we all gather, everyone from every single neighborhood in the city of Chicago. And it is crucial for the recovery of the economic recovery of our city and also the safety of all Chicagoans, that the experience that people have when they come to the loop is safe and predictable. So there's a lot of components that go into the solution for that. And we're seeing that at all levels. We have been doing our, our Chicago Loop Alliance ambassador program for many years. And that model has been used and inspired the city's corridor ambassador program, which they have expanded to neighborhoods all over uh, the city of Chicago to have people, eyes and ears out on the street, friendly faces for people to encounter that it, they do business checks, they greet visitors, they clean up they clean up trash in the loop, they are all trained in de-escalation tactics, and they provide a visual deterrent for negative incidences occurring. So we often, our businesses uh, in the loop often will give us a call or connect with us if they're having some sort of issue in their store with somebody possible harassment or someone lingering and, and being negative towards their employees. And just the presence of our ambassadors walking through often kind of causes people to kind of clean up and, and kind of put a hold on, on those sorts of negative behaviors. So having that positive investment in deterring negative incidents is really important. However, that's just one piece of a puzzle. We don't think there's just one part of a solution to a problem that is really a larger problem in our country in terms of violence and crime and guns. I mean, that's a much larger issue that is not just an issue in Chicago and certainly not just an issue in the loop. WBBM's Rachel Pearson reports that the ACLU has criticized the curfew, saying the city has not made it clear how it will ensure enforcement of the curfew isn't racially biased. Crutcher believes the solution lies in building a bridge between the city of Chicago and black and brown communities. It's about the fact that the city is not pouring into black and brown communities in Chicago. And so these groups, these young people and their adult allies are building the solutions from the ground up to do something about the issues that they're facing that the city continues to tell us through Lollapalooza and through these other avenues that they do not care about pouring in community. So I don't think the focus should be on who is doing what. I do think that we should be having conversations about how can the city turn to these groups and build in community with them. Thanks for listening to this episode of WBBM In-Depth. We'll be back next week covering another headlining topic. Until then, subscribe to us on the Odyssey app, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts so you don't miss an episode. WBBM In-Depth is an original podcast production. It is produced, written, and edited. 
by Lauren Brown and Jill DeGroote, with editorial direction by Lizzie Bumgardner. Reporting for this episode was done by Lizzie Bumgardner, Jill DeGroote, and Lauren Brown. Thanks for listening to WBBM In-Depth. I'm Lauren Brown. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.